Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top for Original Edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there's a link to subscribe to a, an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. <clears throat> My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from... 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 25, The Remedy, with Section 8, Commuting the Sentence. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of the daily lesson, How Can Illusions Satisfy God's Son? That's number 272. How Can Illusions Satisfy God's Son? Which is led by Amazing France. All right, let me ask Lori, you you have an opening for us today? I do. And um, my direction was clear and strong, straight to this poem from Hafiz. And the poem is called Trying to Wear Pants. <laughs> you are a royal fish trying to wear pants in a country as foreign as land. Now there's a problem worth discussing. Your separation from God has ripened. Now fall like a golden fruit into my hand. All your wounds from craving love exist because of heroic deeds. Now trade in those medals. That courage will help this world. One needs to love those they have yet to love to stand near the capital friend. Why be a royal fish trying to wear pants? How can illusion satisfy God's son? Amen. Oh, love it. That was so <laughs> cute. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank trying you. To recall, recall the word. Well, I mean, I was trying to think of relationship this morning and the word that... <laughs> mindset that was coming to mind was responsibility and that fits so perfectly <laughs> thank you okay so this morning with us and reading we have uh, Lori Fran Yvonne Donna Micah Robin Marie and with us and listening 
And we have Ida, uh, Roz, and Bryce. And is there anyone else who's joined us that would like to say good morning? Join the reading list? I'll just say good morning and listen. Oops, wrong way with mute. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start it here with uh, Chapter 25, The Remedy, Section 8, Commuting the Sentence. And this, okay, paragraph 50. And if the Holy Spirit can commute each sentence, that you laid upon yourself into a blessing, then it cannot be a sin. Sin is the one thing in all the world that cannot change. It is immutable. And on its changelessness, the world depends. The magic of the world can seem to hide the pain of sin from sinners and deceive with glitter and with guile. Yet each one knows the cost of sin is death, and so it is. For sin is a request for death, a wish to make this world's foundation, sure as love, dependable as heaven, and as strong as God himself. The world is safe from love to everyone who thinks sin possible, nor will it change. Yet, is it possible that what God created should not share the attributes of his creation when it opposes it in every way? Lori. Uh, chapter 25, The Remedy, Section 8, Community in the Senate. 15. And if the Holy Spirit can commute each sentence that you laid upon yourself into a blessing, then it cannot be a sin. Sin is the one thing in all the world that cannot change. It is immutable. And on its changelessness, the world depends. The magic of the world can seem to hide the pain of sin from sinners and deceive with glitter and with guile. Yet each one knows the cost of sin is death, and so it is. For sin is a request for death, a wish to make this world's foundation sure as love, dependable as heaven and as strong as God himself. The world, is, the world is safe from love to everyone who thinks sin possible, nor will it change. Yet is it possible what God created not should share the attributes of his creation when it opposes it in every way? 51. It cannot be that the so-called sinner's wish for death is just as strong as God's will for life. Nor can the basis of a world he did not make be firm and sure as heaven. How could it be that hell and heaven are the same? And is it possible that what he did not will cannot be changed? What is immutable besides his will? And what can share 
capital its attributes except capital itself what wish can rise against his will and be immutable if you could realize nothing is changeless but the will of God this course would not be difficult for you for it is this that you do not believe yet there is nothing else you could believe if you but looked at what it really is thank you Laurie and Fran 51 it cannot be the quote sinners wish for death is just as strong as is God's will for life nor can the basis of a world he did not make be firm and sure as heaven how could it be that hell and heaven are the same and is it possible that what he did not will cannot be changed what is immutable besides his will and what can share its attributes except itself what wish can rise against his will and be immutable if you could realize nothing is changeless but the will of God this course would not be difficult for you for it is this that you do not believe that there is nothing else you could believe if you but looked at what it really is 52 let us go back to what we said before and think of it more carefully it must be so that either God is mad or is this world a place of madness not one thought of his makes any sense at all within this world and nothing that the world believes is true has any meaning in his mind at all what makes no sense and has no meaning is insanity and what is madness cannot be the truth if one belief so deeply valued here were true then every thought God ever had is an illusion and if but one thought of his is true then all beliefs the world gives any meaning to are false and make no sense at all this is the choice you make do not attempt to see it differently nor twist it into something it is not for only this decision can you make the rest is up to God and not to you thank you Fran and Yvonne sorry the morning I uh... I misplaced I'm not sure where we are today I'm looks like I'm reading something um, else <laughs> what chapter are we on in and uh, section 20 25 uh, towards the end uh, section 8 paragraph oh, sec- oh eight. I, I, I oh <laughs> well I'll have the for now I opened up the wrong uh, course this morning I have it a couple of days ago course okay maybe I can get it now yeah, 52 right. and 53 okay okay here it is okay I can I can read it now. 52 great okay and let us go back to what we said before and think of it more carefully it must be so that either God is mad or is this world a God is mad or is this world a place of madness not one thought of his makes any sense at all within this world and nothing that the world believes as true has any meaning in his mind at all what makes no sense and has no meaning is insanity 
And what is madness cannot be truth. If one belief so deeply valued here were true, then every thought God ever had is an illusion. And if but one thought of his is true, then all beliefs the world gives any meaning to are false and make no sense at all. This is the choice you make. Do not attempt to see it differently or twist it into something it is not. For only this decision can you make. The rest is up to God and not to you. To justify one value that the world holds is to deny your father's sanity and yours. For God and his beloved son do not think differently. And it is the agreement of their thought that makes the son a co-creator with the mind whose thought created him. And if he chooses to believe one thought opposed to truth, he has decided he is not his father's son because the son is mad. And sanity must lie apart from both the father and the son. This you believe. Think not that this belief depends upon the form it takes. Who thinks the world is sane in any way is justified in anything it thinks or is maintained by any form of reason believes this to be true. Sin is not real because the Father and the Son are not insane. This world is meaningless because it rests on sin. Who could create the changes if it does not rest on truth. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Donna. 54, or 53. To To justify one value that the world upholds is to deny your father's sanity and yours. For God and his beloved son do not think differently. It is the agreement of their thought that makes the son a co-creator with the mind whose thought, capitalized, created him. And if he chooses to believe one thought opposed to truth, he has decided he is not his father's son, because the son is mad and sanity must lie apart from both the father, the son, from both the father and the son. This you believe. Think not that this belief depends upon the form it takes. Who thinks the world is sane in any way is justified is anything it thinks and anything it thinks or is maintained by any form of reason, believes this to be true. Sin is not real, because the Father and the Son are not insane. This world is meaningless, because it rests on sin. Who could create the changeless if it does not rest on truth? 54. The Holy Spirit has the power to change the whole foundation of the world you see to something else. A basis, a basic 
a basis not insane on which a sane perception can be based. Another world perceived. And one in which nothing is contra- con- and nothing in which and one in which nothing is contradicted that would lead the Son of God to sanity and joy. Nothing attests to death and cruelty, to separation and to differences. For here is everything perceived as one, and no one loses that each one may gain. Thank you, Donna. And Micah. Okay, 54. This Holy Spirit has the power to change the whole foundation of the world you see into something else. A basis not insane on which a sane perception can be based another world perceived, and one in which nothing is contradicted that would lead the Son of God to sanity and joy. Nothing attests to death and cruelty, to separation and to differences. For here is everything perceived as one, and no one loses that each one may gain. 55. Test everything that you believe against this one requirement and understand that everything that meets this one demand is worthy of your faith, but nothing else. What is not love is sin, and either one perceives the other as insane and meaningless. Love is the basis for a world perceived as wholly mad to sinners, who believe theirs is the way to sanity. But sin is equally insane within the sight of love, whose gentle eyes would look beyond the madness and rest peacefully on truth. Each sees a world immutable, as each defines the changeless and eternal truth of what you are. And each reflects a view of what the Father and the Son must be to make that viewpoint meaningful and sane. Thank you, Micah. And Robin Marie. 55. Test everything that you believe against this one requirement and understand that everything that meets this one demand is worthy of your faith, but nothing else. What is not love is sin, and either one perceives the other as insane and meaningless. Love is the basis for a world perceived as wholly mad to sinners who believe theirs is the way to sanity. But sin is equally insane within the sight of love, whose gentle eyes would look beyond the madness and rest peacefully on truth. Each sees a world immutable, as each defines the changeless and eternal truth of what you are, and each reflects a view of what the Father and the Son must be to make that viewpoint meaningful and sane. 56. 
Your special function is the special form in which the fact that God is not insane appears most sensible and meaningful to you. The content is the same. The form is suited to your special needs and to the special time and place in which you think you find yourself and where you can be free of place and time and all that you believe must limit you. The Son of God cannot be bound by time, nor place, nor anything God did not will. Yet if his will is seen as madness, then the form of sanity which makes it most acceptable to those who are insane requires special choice. Nor can this choice be made by the insane, whose problem is their choices are not free and made with reason in the light of sense. Thank you, Robin Lay. And do we have a new reader for 56 and 57? Anyone like to read 56 and 57? Okay, back to you, Lori. 56. Your special function is the special form in which the fact that God is not insane appears most sensible and meaningful to you. The content is the same. The form is suited to your special needs and to the special time and place in which you think you find yourself and where you can be free of place and time and all that you believe must limit you. The Son of God cannot be bound by time nor place nor anything God did not will. Yet if his will is seen as madness, then the form of sanity which makes it most acceptable to those who are insane requires special choice. Nor can this choice be made by the insane, whose problem is their choices are not free and made with reason in the light of sense. 57. It would be madness to entrust salvation to the insane. Because he is not mad, has God appointed one as sane as he to raise a saner world to meet the sight of everyone who chose insanity as his salvation. To this one is given the choice of form most suitable to him, one which will not attack the world he sees, but enter into it in quietness and show him he is mad. This one, but points to an alternative, another way of looking at what he has seen before and recognizes as the world in which he lives and thought he understood before. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lori. Brian? 57. It would be madness to entrust salvation to the insane. Because he is not mad, has God appointed one as sane as he to raise a saner world to meet the sight of everyone who chose insanity as his salvation. To this one is given the choice of form most suitable to him, 
one which will not attack the world he sees, but enter into it in quietness and show him he is mad. This one would point to an alternative, another way of looking at what he has seen before and recognizes as the world in which he lives and thought he understood before. 58. Now must he question this, because the form of the alternative is one which he cannot deny, nor overlook, nor fail completely to perceive at all. To each, his special function is designed to be perceived as possible, and more and more desired, as it proves to him that it is an alternative he really wants. From this position, does his sinfulness and all the sin he sees within the world offer him less and less, until he comes to understand it costs him his sanity and stands between him and whatever hope he has of being sane. Nor is he left without escape from madness, for he has a special part in everyone's escape. He can no more be left outside without a special function in the hope of peace than could the father overlook his son and pass him by in careless thoughtlessness. Thank you, Grant. And Yvonne. Okay, Lemoyne, thank you. Now must the question, oh, excuse me. Now must he question this because the form of the alternative is one which he cannot deny nor overlook nor fail completely to perceive it all. To each, his special function is, de- is designed to be perceived as possible and more and more desired as it proves to him that it is an alternative he really wants. From this position, does his sinfulness and all the sin he sees within the world offer him less and less until he comes to understand it cost him his sanity and stands between him and whatever hope he has of being sane. Nor is he left without escape from madness, for he has a special part in everyone's escape. He can no more be left outside without a special function in the hope of peace than could his father overlook his son and pass him by in careless thoughtlessness. What is dependable except God's love? And where does sanity abide except in him? The one who speaks for him can show you this in the alternative he chose especially for you. It is God's will that you remember this and so emerge from deepest mourning into perfect joy. Accept the function that has been assigned to you in God's own plan to show his sons that hell and heaven are different, not the same, and that in heaven they are all the same, without the differences which have made a hell of heaven and a heaven of hell, had such insanity been possible. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Donna. Fifty-nine. What is dependable except God's love? And where does sanity abide except in him? The one who speaks for him 
can show you this and the alternative he chose especially for you. It is God's will that you remember this and so emerge from deepest mourning into perfect joy. Accept the function that has been assigned to you in God's own plan to show his sons that hell and heaven are different, not the same, and that in heaven they are all the same without the differences which would have made a hell of heaven and a heaven of hell had such insanity been possible. 60. The whole belief that someone loses but reflects the underlying tenet, God must be insane. For in this world, it seems that one must gain because another lost. If this were true, then God is mad indeed. But what is this belief except a form of the more basic tenant, quote, sin is real and rules the world, end quote. For every little gain must someone lose and pay exact amount in blood and suffering. For otherwise would evil triumph and destruction be the total cost of any gain at all. You who believe that God is mad, look carefully at this and understand that it must be that either God or this must be insane, but hardly both. Thank you, Donna and Micah. Okay, 60. The whole belief that someone loses but reflects the underlying tenet, God must be insane. For in this world it seems that one must gain because another lost. If this were true, then God is mad indeed. But what is this belief except a a form of the more basic tenet, quote, sin is real and rules the world, quote. For every little gain must someone lose and pay exact amount in blood and suffering. For otherwise would evil triumph and destruction be the total cost of any gain at all. You who believe that God is mad, look carefully at this and understand that it must be that either God or this must be insane, but hardly both. 61. Salvation is rebirth of the idea no one can lose for anyone to gain, and everyone must gain if anyone would be a gainer. Here is sanity restored, and on this single rock of truth can faith in God's eternal saneness rest in perfect confidence and perfect peace. Reason is satisfied, for all insane beliefs can be corrected here, and sin must be impossible if this is true. This is the rock on which salvation rests the vantage point from which the Holy Spirit gives meaning and direction to the plan in which your special function has a part. For here your special function is made whole 
because it shares the function of the whole. Thank you, Micah. And Robin Marie? 61. Salvation is rebirth of the idea no one can lose for anyone to gain. And everyone must gain if anyone would be a gainer. Here is sanity restored. And on this single rock of truth can faith in God's eternal saneness rest in perfect confidence and perfect peace. Reason is satisfied, for all insane beliefs can be corrected here, and sin must be impossible if this is true. This is the rock on which salvation rests, the vantage point from which the Holy Spirit gives meaning and direction to the plan in which your special function has a part. For here your special function is made whole, because it shares the function of the whole. 62. Remember all temptation is but this, a mad belief that God's insanity would make you sane and give you what you want. That either God or you must lose to madness because your aims cannot be reconciled. Death demands life, but life is not maintained at any cost. No one can suffer for the will of God to be fulfilled. Salvation is his will because you share it. Not for you alone, but for the self, which is the Son of God. He cannot lose, for if he could, the loss would be his father's. And in him, no loss is possible. And this is sane because it is the truth. Thank you, Robin Marie. And do we have a, <clears throat> a new reader who would like to conclude with paragraph 62? Sure, Patricia here. Thank you, Patricia. Please 62. Remember all temptation is but this, a mad belief that God's insanity would make you sane and give you what you want. That either God or you must lose to madness because your aims cannot be reconciled. Death demands life. But life is not maintained at any cost. No one can suffer for the will of God to be fulfilled. Salvation is his will because you share it. Not for you alone, but for the self. For the self which is 
the Son of God. He cannot lose. For if he could, the loss would be his father's. And in him, no loss is possible. And this is same because it is the truth. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> I see we're right at the top of the hour. Um, I, I just I just can't resist uh, treating the title as a uh, as an instruction and <laughs> in how to read this course at times. I understanding it. It seems, you know, or if it seems to make no sense, it's like commute the sentence, meaning, um, not the direct meaning of commute the sentence in terms of erase it, call it fulfilled, complete, over, <clears throat> but in the mathematical sense of commuting. And so I'll read that first sentence is, there can be no sin if the Holy Spirit can commute each sentence that you laid upon yourself into a blessing. And this speaks of our role in the salvation. There's a lot of themes in, to come together here in, uh, in this section. And... Uh, I think I want to yield to Fran to just bring us to the lesson rather than try to recap it all, all of salvation as one, yet we have a special function, and how salvation is based on giving and receiving as one. So, Fran, can I ask you to review the lesson now? Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is What is the Christ? The lesson for today is Lesson 272, How Can Illusions Satisfy God's Son? So I shall read from What is Christ? What is the Christ? Christ is God's Son as He created Him. He is the self we share, uniting us with one another and with God as well. He is the thought which still abides within the mind that is His source. Christ is the link that keeps you one with God and guarantees that separation is no more than an illusion of despair, for hope forever will abide in him. Your mind is part of his and his of yours. He is the part in which God's answer lies, where all decisions are already made and dreams are over. Home of the Holy Spirit 
and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind. This is the only part of you that has reality and truth. The rest is dreams. The Holy Spirit reaches the Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth. He will exchange them for the final dream which God appointed as the end of dreams, for which forgiveness rests upon the world and peace has come to every son of God. What could remain to keep things separate or what remains to see except Christ's face? And how long will this holy face be seen when it is but the symbol that the time for learning now is over? And the goal of the atonement has been reached at last. So therefore, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 272. How can illusions satisfy God's Son? Father, the truth belongs to me. My home is set in heaven by your will and mine. Can dreams content me? Can illusions bring me happiness? What but your memory can satisfy your son? I will accept no less than you have given me. I am surrounded by your love, forever still, forever gentle, and forever safe. God's son must be as you created him. Today we pass illusions by, and if we hear temptation call to us to stay and linger in a dream, we turn aside and ask ourselves if we, the sons of God, could be content with dreams when heaven can be chosen just as easily as hell and love will happily replace all fear. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 272. How can illusions satisfy God's Son. Today we pass illusions by, and if we hear temptation call to us to stay and linger in a dream, we turn aside and ask ourselves if we, the sons of God, would be content with dreams when heaven can be chosen just as easily as hell and love will happily replace all fear. Lesson 272. How can illusions satisfy God's Son? Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I just love that last sentence when he says, Today we pass illusions by, and if we hear temptation call to us, we ask ourselves, could we be content with this? Dream. Oh, just wonderful. <laughs> I'm complete. Boy, that spoke to me too, friend. Thank you. Morning. I want to relate this right back to the reading. It's 53. It says, God and his beloved son do not think differently, and it is the agreement of their thoughts that makes the son a co-creator with the mind whose thought created him. If he chooses to believe one thought opposed to truth, he has decided he is not his father's son because the son is mad and sanity must lie apart from both the father and the son. This you believe. Think not that this belief depends upon the form it takes. Sin is not real because the father and the son are not insane. This world is meaningless because it rests on sin. Who could create the changeless if it does not rest on truth? And the way out here, the Holy Spirit has the power to change the whole foundation of the world you see to something else in which nothing is contradicted that would lead the Son of God to sanity and joy. Nothing attests to death and cruelty, to separation and to differences. For here is everything perceived as one, and no one loses that each one, each one may gain, each and every one. <laughs> Test everything that you believe against this one requirement. And uh, that, that is this. How can illusion satisfy God's son? Please. 
Thank you, Lemoyne. That was great. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. <clears throat> and I'm just, I'm just so uh, overwhelmed with the sense that all of this course and all of these lessons and everything I've learned to forgive has taken place in the backdrop of just a really simple little song. You remember it? You probably sang it as a kid. The song is Row, Row, Row Your Boat Gently Down the Stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. This this section in this lesson today uh, are asking me to realize that there is a grand purpose. A grand purpose that makes everything in my in my experience meaningful and allows everything in my experience to be translated into something that was experienced by me as loss into something that has the potential to be experienced by me as blessing. And because <laughs> I've talked I've talked about this those ten or twelve years after my mother passed that I felt so lost. And I, I you know, I often wondered how that how that experience could be that I should have felt so lost when I knew um, when I knew the truth of innocence. And for me, um, it was the beautiful translation of loss into meaning. And that's what he's asking me to realize here starting right off with that first paragraph. When I look at it carefully, he's asking me to see that it's my belief in opposites. It's my belief in loss. It's my belief in hell. It's my belief in meaninglessness. It's my belief in randomness and uh, death that make this world seem real and not a dream. It was my belief that did that. And then he, he expands on it even more in that in paragraph 51. How could it be that death is life? How could it be that this world is heaven? How could it be that hell is heaven? How could it be that the will of the ego, that separate will, 
that believes it's alone and afraid in a random world where all kind of terrible, awful things happen to the Son of God. How could that will be the will of God? When in point of fact, nothing is changeless except God's will. Ego does not believe that. <laughs> I, I did not believe that in my experience of life when I wasn't rolling gently down the stream. <laughs> you know, I was believing life. Life was hell. And even though I knew better, I knew better uh, that experience of loss seemed so overwhelming I couldn't release the suffering of it. But then he really puts a point on it in 52. Only truth is true. And everything else must give way to senselessness and falsity. And in that paragraph he's saying, if you make just this one decision, only truth is true. Only innocence, goodness, perfection. Um, remember that one quote? In, I, I go to it off, often. I go to it these days when I seem to be having an experience that isn't beautiful. That quote that says, reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. And there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. No greater love than to accept this and be glad. Then, after that he says, you have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit that he has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. And you have never kept anything to solve by yourself and been successful. Isn't it time you brought these two ideas together? <laughs> that's a rough translation, but um, that's the way I remember it when I'm having an experience that's less than perfect. And then in 53, except that the Father and the Son do not think differently. And this is why the Son is co-creator with the Father. This world, the world that I experienced as an ego, was experienced as being without meaning, without purpose, without function, without continuity. One experience of loss after another, one experience of condemnation after another, one judgment after another. But that was my experience because it rested on separation and now I'm starting to get the idea that what he's said before in many places only truth is true there's only two thought systems the thought system of the ego and the thought system of truth and when I decide that I've been wrong <laughs> you know I've been wrong I, I, I have a thinking error then then I can turn to Holy Spirit. In 54, the Holy Spirit has the power to change the whole foundation of so-called this world to something else. Where it's sane, where nothing's contradictory, where joy can be my experience, 
where there is no separation, no cruelty, no differences, no death, where everyone's a gainer and there is no loss. And that's, to me, the mind of the atonement. Remember that one quote, the atonement is so gentle you need but whisper to it and all its aid will come rushing to your defense. The atonement, that perfect defense against anything that seems to hurt. The perfect defense that can never be used to harm anyone but can be used to heal me, heal my mind. It's my mind that needed the healing. It's my mind that had this mistaken belief. It's my beliefs that seem to um, cast a pall over everything. And then further in 55, test everything you believe against this. Either love is the truth or sin is. And they're mutually exclusive. The thought system of the ego and the thought system of truth are absolutely opposite in every way, in every form. And I can be shown, I can be shown how to row, row, row my boat gently down the stream. I can learn how to do that. <clears throat> And the consequence gets really good here in about paragraph 56. The consequence is the realization that I came here with a purpose. Remember way back in chapter 5, he said the Holy Spirit is the mind of the atonement. He looks at what the sons of God were before the need of healing and what they will be when healing is completed. And then, this is in chapter 5, he goes on to say, Quantitative, quantitative changes, quantitative changes, quantitative changes will lead to qualitative changes. And to me, what he's saying there is, every time I turn an error over to truth, every time I release an illusion that I've cast upon this world, every time I allow my mind to be corrected and experience the blessing of forgiveness, I will start having a qualitative difference in my life. A couple of years ago, I was talking to a friend, and, and I said, you know, sometimes it feels as if I'm casting stones into my path that will spring up as flowers for tomorrow. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. You know, this day, this day, lived with the mind of the Holy Spirit creates a different day tomorrow and tomorrow's day creates a day different again quantitative changes lead to qualitative differences and then he says I'm still in chapter 5 <clears throat> he says pay careful attention to this point because this is where the shift occurs the mind moves from its own healing. My mind becomes unified. And with the healing of my mind, I move from those negative experiences that are in darkness to 
real shifts of consciousness where my mind is healed and the mind moves into the fields of creation experiencing those loving relationships with others who seem to be other but who are really friends and this network of loving relationships grows up around me with all of you and so well, let me just summarize by saying when five or six years ago I heard the Holy Spirit say find your people what he was asking me to do was make real the healing of my mind find the sonship and live in the joy and the light of love let the healing of your mind become real and recognize that you did come here with purpose and that specialness that you thought you were let it be transformed into an experience where you are the wind in your own sails where the power of love directs your course and all that was ever asked of me he says is in paragraph 58 what's my role what's my role when I realize the will of God will be fulfilled the will to love will be fulfilled this is the will of God this is God's love God loves his son loves with him and this will be revealed to me as more and more desirable he says what is my role simply to inquire simply to inquire what does this mean I don't know what does this mean I don't know what does this mean I don't know and the will of God will be springing up like flowers in my mind <laughs> and I'll realize that I have been led that remember way back I'm going to give you this quote exactly because it's really ringing for me today the quote is in chapter 4 the escape from fear he says the first coming of Christ is just another name for the creation of Christ is the Son of God the second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over a part of the minds of men and healing of the mind I was created like you in the first and I have called you to join with me in the second if you will think over your lives you will see how carefully the preparations were made and now what, it, what that says to me is everything that I cast a pall over actually was something that would be turned into my special function the darkness will be turned into the light and I can see now that I did come here with a purpose that there's been a continuity all along in my life that everything that seemed to happen to me happened for a reason so that I could reconcile my mind to truth more correctly allow my mind to be reconciled to the truth if you will consider 
how carefully the preparations were made. I am in charge of the second coming and my judgment, which is used only for protection, cannot be wrong because it never attacks. Yours is so distorted that you believe I was mistaken in choosing you. I assure you, this is a mistake of your egos. Do not mistake it for humility. You see, it's exactly true what Rumi said. The wound is where the light gets in. And when I realize specialness can be turned into my special function, all for my inquiry, what is what is the truth? Um, life becomes that experience flowing gently down the stream. I'm so, so, so grateful today. I'm complete. Mm, thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lori. <coughs> I love that. It reminds me, Lori, of when I was young and I used to say to my parents, what are we doing here? Why are we here? I didn't get it. I'm starting to get it. You too. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> this is Donna. Um, I went back to Chapter 4 because you really had captured everything that I am in that meaning <clears throat> my reality. And I had marked K-O-H, and I went down to see what that is. It's, uh, it's the kingdom of heaven. And in uh, paragraph four, he says, the word within is unnecessary. And Lori, I would love for you to read um, the end of that chapter, the uh, 106, that, um, that prayer. I think it would be beautiful coming from you, if you would. I am complete. Oh, that's, I have a friend who has that in calligraphy on her wall who says it often, Reverend Rita. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent Christ who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I'm content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Thank you, Donna. One of my favorites. Thank you. Thank both of you. I wanted to tell you all that I'm doing better today. This is Ida. Good morning. I, I let go of my baby that 
that course that I made. I made it completely free, but then nobody was was taking it, and I was angry at at the company. Uh, felt like they treated me unfairly, which is a no-no in the course, right? And so I um, and I didn't want to keep paying them forty-seven dollars every month either. So I did cancel my subscription, which means that they're probably not going to be hosting that that course anymore. Um, but I have to just do what I have to do, and I have to let go of it. And uh, and I did a gratitude list, a whole big page yesterday, a whole big page today, and you're all listed on my page. <laughs> All these, basically all pe- these people that I'm grateful for. And I put Ho-Ho-Pono-Pono on the list, too. So it's kind of like doing Ho-Ho-Pono-Pono for everybody on the list, too. So I feel like that. And and I just, if I don't do a business, that doesn't mean I'm not successful in my life if I don't make money or whatever. And so I have to let go of that idea too. If I just get what I get and I take care of it and and be judicious and uh, all that and save money and um, not be a spendthrift and all that and help my partner do the same and, and you know, like... Um, it's it's going to be okay. It's okay, and and really, and on the money side, and and on my self esteem, you know, that just like I always think, and I always sit, would say to any of you who tell me something about your self esteem, or my partner, or anybody, you're worthy just because you exist because you're a child of God, not because of anything you did or didn't do or will do or will not do. And that's how it is. And so that's, of course, how it is for me too. So thank you for hearing me, and I'm complete. Oh, I'm so glad you're feeling better, Ida. Yeah, me too, Ida. Yeah, thanks for that, Isa. This is Donna. Laurie, that wonderful poem, which I forgot what, what it was, what it was, but nonetheless, it was so wonderful that it brought to mind the week I had where I had this oblivious, oblivion state of human mind. And um, reminded me that when I had looked out, that it came to me that there was nothing out there. And then you read that, or sang that little love, uh, row, row, row your boat thing. And I thought, oh, my God. So I began to receive uh, the language that I I learned everything in. And, And this this entire lesson was like a drumbeat for me. 
it's like a drumbeat of a, a true purpose um, uh, and the and, uh, Holy Spirit gives it in form and, and as we let him we walk better and better in it but this is what came to me we must be aware we are in a dream made by the sun its scenes and pictures are but illusions a hologram we look out upon with eyes that do not see in instances we are stilled by Holy Spirit in stillness it occurs there is nothing out there no forms of a world that never was are out that never was that never was out there <laughs> and there are instances when I am free and it comes to me that I am I am complete that's beautiful Donna thank you thank you thank you Donna thank you Donna Now, this is Lemoyne, and I, 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 I get this, something that come up for me about this thing that, okay, if life, life is a hologram where each, each small portion contains the whole, I'm reminded of one of the characteristics of holographs which is, uh, you know, what you can make with two la lasers and it sort of represents a hologram. And, and uh, you know, it captures the 3D picture and, <clears throat> you know, it's captured on something like a piece of film. And every part of that film can be seen any little part of it will show the whole picture but the way it works in form you make a holograph the size of a slide and you take a <clears throat> take a small portion just say you know a tenth of it out of the middle and try to use that to reproduce the 3d picture of what was what's there and you can get the picture, but it's kind of fuzzy. And it, it still is recognizably there, but it's not well seen. And if you take a tenth of that, you can still see the outlines. It still has that 3D characteristic, but you don't get any more of the detail. And that this is what we do in separation. We take smaller and smaller pieces so that so what is really there as the hologram <clears throat> that is everywhere is lost and just becomes fuzzy and and then <laughs> we can we start to think in terms of loss and gain and lose 
the whole picture by this process of separating smaller and smaller parts out of it. I just thought that would that might be helpful in terms of how it how it is in practice with holographs which maybe are an image we've extracted from the greater hologram and what the process of separation does to the whole truth that is still there. Anyway, I'm complete. Oh, that was really helpful, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was great, Lemoyne. Oh my God. That 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 says the whole thing about what I see every day. Thank you. Achievity. Amen. Is this open sharing time? Yes, ma'am. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know. This is Patricia. So the story about the uh, rowing the boat is why I'm called in from this beautiful silence is that it's been a lifelong kind of mentoring, spiritual mentor for me where 
that that song would start going and I would know to listen to my angels. It just was a very personal part of my life. So I want to share a fun part when it merged into being, you know, an adult and now and continuing my whole life fusing with The Course in Miracles. The beginning of that sort of almost like a prayer I would keep repeating to just view whatever was going on in the context of that song as if it were a prayer, shining light on what was occurring. And uh, the most challenging part when I used it as a teaching tool that way was the end of the song, which is Life is But a Dream. It was just the most disturbing and challenging part of the whole song for, I'd say, you know, probably until around I turned 60 somewhere there and I'd been in the course for quite a while and then the world flipped, you guys. And I want to tell you this. That has continued to be a mentoring song, especially when things get very uh, intense, it'll come. And what it now, because I know life's a dream, so I'm 77, so you could say for 17 years it's been, oh, that's the yummy part of the song, of course. It gives, oh, I can, now I'm guided by it, and here's how it works. I hope I can be understood, because I love the way you teach me, guys. I'm learning how to talk. <laughs> so here we go. It's row your boat gently down the stream, honey. It's that first part now. And so I go, oh, okay. So here I go. My approach is this. Now I can feel that stream. I feel the momentum of my point of view or what I'm doing. All right, now take your hands off the oars. Are you still going downstream, my dear? And sometimes I'm not. Sometimes when I don't want to take my hands off the oars, and I go, it's the first part of this that you're mentoring with me now. Oh, yeah. Now, how you're feeling, a momentum of this point of view and what you're doing here. Okay, see that momentum? Is it going downstream or is it going upstream? You never know, honey, till you take your hands off the oars and feel. Are you still going downstream? And not to take too much time, but the real benefit has been how many times I did not know I was rowing upstream. And it's so wonderful <laughs> to be reminded with a neutral, beautiful, gentle, kind, Christ mind. How to use tools to redirect, even when it's horrible. I am not going to take my hands off these oars no matter what, because I am already know I'm rowing upstream, and it keeps singing to me until I do it. 
and I love it. I have compassion for everybody else holding on to their roars and thinking they should be rowing up the stream. So, honey, I love that. I love that so much. You called my soul out. I had to make a confession. Thank you. Your voice is such an instrument. Thank you. Yeah. That was great. Thank you so much. And thank you, Patricia. I hear you when you say that that life is but a dream. I used to always go, what the heck is that song saying? And uh, um, tend to miss that central line in there, which is merrily, merrily, merrily. <laughs> anyway, I'm complete. Thanks, Lemoyne. <laughs> that reminds me of that lesson, my happiness and my function are one. <laughs> wow. Love it. Wow. That's so great. Thanks for reminding me of that. I love that one. Well, if you think it's time, Lemoyne, and nobody else has anything else to share, I do um, have some guidance about closing. Um, sure, Lori. I've got. I had to. I had to turn to. Uh, well. Not, I shouldn't say I had to, but I know that I can turn to Course of Love to uh, bring out this whole thing that he's trying to get us to accept 
so that we can have a new thought system that's not based on the ego. And so this idea that there is no loss but only gain is very central in the in the treatises. He introduces it as a belief and then develops it as a practice. And uh, just bring the central bit here, which relates to the reading and the a central bit, which re- relates to the reading and the lesson. The new thought system, or the thought system of the new, is simple to learn. What is of love is truth. What is of fear is illusion. The temptation is to see love where it is not and to not see fear where it is. But your ability to distinguish between love and fear as cause is all that is important to you now as you will create the new according to what you believe to be the truth and translate into ideas. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's what he's pointing at here. That, you know, we are as we were created. And uh, believing that, then, you know, what has gone wrong is the belief that that can be changed. <laughs> and uh, it's all tied up with what is really caused. And cause here is at the level of being and not form. And I'm complete. So please do go ahead, Lori. Oh, that was excellent. Yeah. That was just Thank excellent. You. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks, Lemoyne. Well, in that same vein, that makes um, Lesson 166 just perfect. The lesson is I have been trusted with the gifts of God which could just as easily be read, I am entrusted with the love of God. And I'll just read the first and last paragraphs. All things are given you. God's trust in you is limitless. He knows his son. He gives without exception, holding nothing back that can contribute to your happiness. And yet, unless your will is one with his, His gifts are not received. But what could make you think there is another will than his? Now I have to throw in one in the middle. (laughs) God's will does not oppose, it merely is. It is not God you have imprisoned in your plan to lose your capital self. He does not know about a plan so alien to his will. There was a need he did not understand to which he gave an answer, that is all. And you who have this capital answer given you have need no more of anything but this. The gifts are yours, entrusted to your care to give to all who chose the lonely road you have escaped. Your sighs betray their hopes. Your fears are theirs. Your hand has become the giver of Christ's touch. 
your change of mind becomes the proof that who accepts God's gifts, God's love can never suffer anything. You are entrusted with the world's release from pain. Betray it not. Become the living proof of what Christ's touch can offer everyone. God has entrusted all his gifts to you. Be witness in your happiness to how transformed the mind becomes which chooses to accept his gifts and feel the touch of Christ. Such is your mission now. For God entrusts the giving of his gifts to all who have received them. He has shared his joy with you, and now you go to share it with the world. That's a pretty good purpose. Amen. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Love that. We are of one mind. Amen. Yes. I love it too. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Lori in the morning. Yeah, great call. Thank you, everyone.